0: On this episode of Inverse, this is the climax of the entire book of Revelation. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: We yeah, have been circling throughout the book of revelation we've been looking at the beasts and we're looking at history and the cool thing is the theme throughout the book of revelation is the Lord Jesus Christ mm. and his desire to save the world. That's just been an awesome theme. Yep. It's been a blessing. That that blessing in chapter 1, verse 3, has really come to fruition in our lives. And mm-hmm. we're the ones that are teaching it and, and, and presenting it and, and, and recording this. But it's been a real blessing thus far. It has. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in the middle of chapter 14. This is a very exciting, this is a very special episode. 14 is a dear chapter to all of us. So we're going to have a word of prayer. Israel, can you pray for us and we'll get into sure. it.
2: Father in heaven, thank you so much for this uh, book, the book of Revelation, and specifically for Revelation 14, which talks about the gospel. We want the gospel to be a part of our lives, and we pray that through this discussion, that would be the case. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen.
0: Let's go to chapter 14, verse 6, and 6 and 7. And Jared, can you read those verses for us?
3: Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation tribe tongue and people saying with a loud voice fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and the earth and sea
1: and
0: springs of water Okay, verse 8 Siku can you pick up
1: sure and another angel followed saying Babylon is fallen is fallen that great city because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication
0: in verse 9 through 11 Israel
2: Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name.
0: All right. So this is chapter 14. I know we skipped over verses one through five, but we did cover that in a previous episode on the 144,000, the special people. And we see there's there's this proclamation of the three angels going on here. Siku, what's going on in this chapter?
1: Well, we saw in um, chapter 13, there was this unholy trinity, as we called it in the previous episode. Um, and, and there are forcing worship forcing those who dwell on the earth to worship them Mm. and it's kind of the devil's plan to for world domination so to speak and in revelation 14 here we have god's plan for how he is going to redeem the world and that the message goes forth into the whole world so we kind of have the devil's plan and then god's plan for how he responds to that mm-hmm.
0: so we got an insight into kind of the playbook of the of the of the of the of the of the, of the, the, the demons of satan and then we now have a playbook of what god's going to do here mm-hmm. and so later on in chapter 16 and they call the devil's pants called the three frogs that go through the whole world so you yeah, always say the frogs versus the angels it sounds like some <laughs> kind of world series or world cup game like who are you rooting for <laughs> the frogs or the angels and like, you won't be rooting for the angels <laughs> and on in this one. Um, Jared, let's go to ver- the first angel, what we read in verse 6 and 7. And um, the first part that the angel says, um, well, before we go into the angel, what describe this angel a bit. What does the Bible say about that?
3: Uh, it is an angel flies. It doesn't float. It's moving quickly. It's right. on a mission. All right, and <laughs> <floating>. <laughs> okay. I don't all know. Right. Angels float, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> moving. They have boats. They have the money to buy the boats. So it it it, it it's moving. I'm not trying with you. It's in, <laughs> I'm, I'm moving on. It's flying, it's in the midst of heaven, um, it's proclaiming something with a loud voice. Yes. So this is, this is uh, the Greek word angelos, I have to get too scholarly here, just simply, this is a messenger.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: So this messenger comes with a loud voice with a very specific a message.
0: megaphone to the whole world. Yep. And this is a declaration.
3: Exactly. And it's declaring the everlasting gospel. So this angel
0: isn't a literal angel. It's isn't not where NASA is going to be like this. Just then we found a supernatural <laughs> being with loud, loud loud sound waves coming out. This is describing Anglo, say messenger movement, mm-hmm. uh, maybe as tie-ins to the remnant who is supposed to go out and and bring pe- God's people out of Babylon. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're if
3: you are teaching this message, then you are this angel. This okay, angel. so this
0: is this is the first angel coming to fulfillment now, even through the the TV waves and the the, the internet connections around the world. This is, mm-hmm. this, this is probably yeah. like you know. No,
1: and it it makes you think of Jesus who said, you know, and the gospel of this kingdom shall be preached to all the world mm. as a witness, then mm-hmm. shall the end come. There's mm-hmm. kind of this element of the whole world needs to receive the gospel so you have this angel with the everlasting gospel to mm-hmm. preach and it goes through these categories every nation tribe, tongue, people it's not a discriminatory message it's not based on what language you speak where you live uh-huh. even what your. Uh, religious background is that you were born into. Mm-hmm. This message is for everyone, and that's what Jesus prophesied would happen. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. What's awesome? What's we in in previous in the previous episode we talked about the parallels between um, God's kingdom and then the kingdom that Satan's trying to establish, mm-hmm. and. Now we there there's parallels here that also kind of jump out at us that I think mm-hmm. are really awesome and powerful. When you look at Revelation chapter 13 and you look at kind of, you called it Satan's plan book or whatever, you have in Revelation chapter playbook. 13, playbook, <laughs> yeah.
0: or whatever, whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, uh,
2: Revelation chapter 13 and verse 5, it talks about there's a limit to the authority that the beast has in Revelation chapter 13. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But when you go to Revelation chapter 14, there is no limit. It's an everlasting mm-hmm. gospel, whereas you have a time constraint on what Satan is trying to do. 42 you, months. Yeah, you have no time constraint. Everlasting. Everlasting mm. gospel. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you have well, a limit to on the territory in which Satan has dominion over. Mm-hmm. We identify these two beast powers. That's the limit of his reign. And then he uses these two things to try to influence the whole world. Mm-hmm. But here you have from the very, very beginning, the onset, the purpose of the gospel in its, in its, in its purpose, in its essence, mm-hmm. from the very, very beginning of its proclamation, it is designed to break down every wall that separates mm-hmm. every nation, kindred, multitude, and people. And so you have here the parallel of what Satan's plan is and God's plan is like, I'm timeless, mm-hmm. I'm everlasting, I transcend time and culture and space. <laughs> Satan has a limit to what he can do, but the gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. has no limits to its power, to its ability, and to its dominion. Can we talk
0: about that a little bit, maybe take a pause? Like, I know we all know what the gospel is, but what what is the gospel? Like, I mean, I don't, without getting to, like, when I... Th- my first initial imagery when I think of the gospel is maybe Billy Graham doing a gospel meeting and asking people to come up to the front. Is that the gospel? I mean, what? What? Okay, elucidate for some people who may just gloss over that. Jared,
3: the, you're, it, you're it the is, eyes. in its simple essence, the gospel is good news. It's the good news that Christ came into the world, that He died for our sins, that we have the opportunity. Of having a new life in him
1: mm-hmm. I, I just want to add that you know we we read through verses 6 to 12 here yes. um, it says that these angels are proclaiming the gospel and then it tells us what they're saying yes you know so what they're saying is actually the gospel okay you know, so, um warning people about uh, you know the, the the Babylon that's falling or, or not falling into certain temptations that's the gospel too mm-hmm. um, the gospel being good news is broader than just, you know, Jesus died on the cross, which is like the crux of it, But that has implications. It has ramifications for the rest of our lives. It Mm -hmm. has implications for how we worship. It has implications for how we live our lives. So the gospel is actually all pervasive, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's being everlasting. Mm -hmm. Paul says,
2: "I'm not afraid of the gospel, for it is the power of God into salvation." Mm -hmm. And essentially, there you have the definition of what the gospel is. It is the power of God into salvation. And in Revelation chapter fourteen, verse six, you see you see that explained in greater detail Mm -hmm. how that gospel, or how the power of God is manifested to save humanity. And so you have here, the gospel comes to us in the context of judgment. Mm -hmm. Now, when we think of judgment, we're afraid of judgment because we understand our guilt. And actually it is good news though, that we understand our guilt Mm -hmm. because it is when we understand the guilt that we have, that we decide to come to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And when we come to Christ and we recognize the sinfulness of our condition and the gravity of our condition, and what Jesus is able to do for us, then we welcome judgment mm-hmm. and th- that David said, you know, search me, O God, and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. And so in Scripture, you have places over and over again where God's people welcome the judgment. Why is a judgment important? Not only does it transform me or not only does it transform and vindicate me, not only does it vindicate God, but it is also in the context of judgment that satan 's accusations against us are now turned against him because mm. he 's now accusing a person that has already been uh, uh, deemed righteous through the righteousness of jesus christ, and so it 's the the gospel in the context of the judgment, which is good news in the judgment, and also worship. The gospel here gives us the reason why we worship God, which is because he is the creator of humanity. He is the creator of the world. He's a creator, and he is the Mm recreator. He provides creation and salvation, and this is the essence or the essence of what the gospel is. Mm -hmm.
0: The story that comes to mind is uh, there's those Japanese islands during World War II that after America had won, news never reached them. And so you had these American prisoners who were under Japanese domination Mm -hmm. and... The news had to get to them, hey, America won the war, you're no longer a prisoner anymore, but they're still functioning in that mode on that island. Mm -hmm. And so here, the good news is, is freedom, it is victory, it is, it is, Jesus has already won the war, but the news still has to reverberate out about this. Um, I appreciate your thought in verse seven, but let's make that practical. Yeah, we, we looked at, we've looked at chapter, Uh, 14 verse 7 many times here on this inverse channel uh, inverse program Uh, verse 7 fear god give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come worship him who made heaven earth the sea and the springs of water Um, how can we actualize that how can we implement that is is that implementable is it a practical thing or is it just a declaration in nature Mm -hmm.
1: in the, the the angel proclaiming this first message is calling us to recognize god as creator um And, and in that call is like, because he's creator, we should worship him. Mm -hmm. Realizing who God is elicits a certain response and it, and it orients your life. Mm -hmm. And so this is not just words this is these are words that actually are transformative in the way that we're going to live mm-hmm. because if god created me then he has ownership over me mm-hmm. right he has ownership over everything that surrounds me and and that changes the way that i view my reality it's mm-hmm. it's paradigm shifting so to speak mm-hmm. and so what it's calling us to in in worshiping the creator and and if I could say this harks back to the language harks back to uh the Ten Commandments where God said, "You know, keep the Sabbath holy, and the reason is because God created and it has the similar language you made the 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 heavens, the earth, the sea, yes. fountains of water. Yes god as creator and when we keep sabbath and worship him on the sabbath day i'm acknowledging that god is my creator he has authority over my life Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't want to sound simplistic here but when we come back after the break we'll actually look at the components of worship how do we worship and more of the practical ramifications of worship after the break
1: has inverse been a blessing to you do you have questions comments or feedback you'd like to leave us Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion.
0: Hey, welcome back. So I don't want to sound like, you know, I don't want to throw an annoying question out, but there are people because listening, worship God, worship God, worship God. Okay, I want to worship God. Is worship God just, is it just choosing a, a nice church on Google Maps? Is it looking at the ratings and just going where the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm trying to make this r- real. Is it, yeah. is it the actual day that's important? Is it yeah. the music style? Is it the sermon? You know, let's get into those practical things because this is a commandment that this angel is saying. Mm-hmm. And if I want to really obey it, I want to know exactly what, what that means.
2: Well, I think with the context of the judgment, it brings an, an element of solemnity and severity, okay. and, and that helps contextualize and orient, as I think is the word that Siegel was saying. It helps orient us. Um, once you receive bad news or once you receive, once you receive um, information that, that said, you know, you've been in a situation maybe where, where you go into a place and they say, I have bad news for you. All of a sudden, your priorities shift, Right you no longer you lost your job you no longer think like man I, what about my membership to the health club you know you're now thinking like i have a house i got to pay for i have family you have to feed the context of the gospel and the judgment eliminates those kind of questions like man i want to go to church that is that is you know uh, that is nice and cozy that has great that has great seating that has you know offering appeals done through video that has a cool looking pastor it eliminates all that and it helps centralize and us. We need to worship God, not because the church is nice, not because the pews are comfortable or not even because a pastor looks cool. But because the word of God is being delivered and mm. preached, mm-hmm. and here the context is the truth of the gospel is founded on, as uh, Siku has said, is founded on the Sabbath. Mm. The, you know, referring us back to creation. Someone once said that if creation may, was maintained as the center, if we had not forgotten, as a Christian church, if we had not forgotten our history and creation, mm-hmm. that there would not be an atheist today. Mm. And so, that understanding, that reminder of the Sabbath is critical in centering and orienting us in our relationship with Jesus Christ through worship. And so this is a call now, the severity of the times in which we live, demand that we worship God the way he needs us to worship him, the way he's commanded us to worship him Mm. and not focus on the on the on the extras but focus on the meat Mm -hmm. and
1: uh, just to go with uh, what he was saying about worshiping God the way that God has asked us to I think an important thing about worship is that worship has to do with obedience Mm -hmm. you know um oh I don't have the text (laughs) like memorized but where where God desires doesn't desire sacrifice he wants obedience Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah
0: I want to say 1517, but I'm making that up. Sorry. Yeah, it was, a, I'll look it up. okay. okay. Yeah. okay. It's there
1: in the Bible. 15, but it's, it's that, you know, sometimes we think about worship as, okay, I'm going to bring a beautiful song to God. Yeah. But during the week, you know, the Lord asked me specifically to do something that I know don't lie, you know, don't, don't steal or don't cheat. And I'm doing those things throughout the week. And then I think I'm going to come on Sabbath and because I have a beautiful song, that's going to be worship. And what the Bible says is that's not what true worship is. He, mm. he desires our obedience, and that is, is at the core of worship because that is a relationship with him, mm. and that honors and glorifies him, mm-hmm. which he says, fear God, give him glory, and worship him.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's go to First uh, 1 Samuel uh, yes. 15.22 is, I think, the verse that you're, you're referring to. It sounds right. 15.22 of first 1 Samuel. The Bible says, Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Mm. And I think this is what makes Christianity different from other denominations. Other denominations, a sacrifice, a a ritual, or a transactional uh, uh, offering is 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 the basis for 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 worship Mm -hmm. and in christianity jesus has already made that transaction now we're just invited into that relationship together Mm
3: -hmm. jared i was just going to go back to revelation chapter 14 and looking at all of those different elements fearing god giving Mm -hmm. glory to him Acknowledging and seeking by His grace to prepare for the hour of His judgment and worship. These aren't like individual, mutually exclusive things. Mm. And Solomon even says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, mm. He connects the worshipping the Creator with keeping the commandments. If you, if you don't mind me reading it. Yes, sir, go for in, in it. In Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 12. Starting in verse 13, it's 14. the very end of the book. The wise man sums everything up and he says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God keep his commandments yes, for man. this is man's all for God will bring every work into judgment including every secret thing whether good or evil mm-hmm. so it's 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 honoring God it's the it's the judgment um, this is the whole duty of man for us So to can remember I ask, the can I ask the this question youth, as like
0: like obedience is such a negative word today mm-hmm. uh, there are other words like you know submission Mm-hmm. Uh, dare I say it, the word compliance or, you know, these these are. are let's talk a little bit about that. Are, is that bad? Is it not? What What's the actual root of the problem? It's not the mindlessness that people are attacking, but it's it's what what's going on. I, I
1: just wanted to say um, uh, my two year old, mm. always when we ask him to do something, he's learned this phrase from us because like my son, trust me. I'm asking you to do this because I know what you're about to do is going to hurt you. So mm-hmm. trust me. And because you trust me, obey. Mm-hmm. And so it's always, son, trust and obey. And so when he wants us to do something, he says, mama, trust and obey. But, but he should trust us because we're, we have more experience, right? He's only two. He doesn't know what's going on in the world, right? So the trust comes because because we are older because we have more experience and so when we're called to trust god it's because of who god is yes. so calling god is creator god is redeemer all these things are reasons for us to trust him and because of that trust the foundation of our obedience is a trust in him mm-hmm. not blind obedience you don't just go around obeying everybody right but we're called to obey god because we trust him yes
0: yeah. remember one episode that you mentioned, and um, I made, this may steal thunder, but if I am, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> but the, the trust factor is trusting in God's ability and in God's character. And I just, you know, in raising our, my kids, you know, these two songs of he's able. Like this is his his power and ability, and that God is good, his goodness and his character. Mm-hmm. Two simple songs, but really the foundational pillars by which we trust God. Yeah. And that was just that was a profound point you made yeah. in a se- seasons ago, yeah. and it still <laughs> remained with me. And that's what you wanted to say. I'm sorry, but no, no that,
2: that is off. what I wanted to say. <laughs> um, God never asks us to obey him in isolation, mm. and and that's a human mm. that's a human doing that we separate you know, obedience and we isolate it. We find that we find worship, the connection between worship and righteousness and sacrifice in Hebrews chapter 11, which is the foundation of faith. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse four, it says, it says, by faith, Abel offered, that's dealing with sacrifice, that's, which is worship. Mm -hmm. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through the which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And so the purpose of worship has always been to lead to righteousness. Now, the issue is that many times we forget the journey from worship to righteousness. How is it that worship leads to righteousness? It does this through the context of faith, which is what you've said. Faith is believing in the ability of God, in the love of God, and in, and in the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so we we worship God, we worship God, and we obey God because we submit ourselves to the belief that God knows, that God loves, and that God has more power than we do. Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve did that naturally, you know, and now with the element of sin, we don't do that naturally. We do that only through faith, and so you have that context of faith. Why is it that we worship God? We worship God because... Through worship or because of worship, we are transformed. Little by little, understand God as a creator, we see his power, God as a redeemer, we see his power manifested in an even greater way, which then produces obedience. Mm. Because we say, God, I don't know how obeying you is going to be good for me here. But I'm going to do it in faith because I trust you. I don't trust my situation. I don't trust myself, but I do trust you.
0: My, my takeaway is that worship, as in answering my question, that as you guys answer my question, that worship isn't a thing that you do one day of the week or an exercise that you do or a right you exercise because the Constitution gives you that right. Mm-hmm. It's something that you align yourself every morning yeah. to an individual person, mm-hmm. indi- the right. individual entity of God.
2: Let's move to the second. Well, sorry, sorry, because you brought something up, and I know you. you okay. May I? May I yeah. please? May I? No. all right? Yeah. <laughs> So, and it this, be good. Is, ho- I good. hope it is. I, mean, I hope it is. Pray, okay. <laughs> and, and the other thing is that this is why the Sabbath is critical okay. when it comes to worship, because the Sabbath is the, is the only commandment and really the only main thing in scripture that, that deals with every day of the week. Mm. You know, mm. you have the Sabbath, you prepare for it. Week, one yeah. day you're, that's, and so it's that's like uh, every day you're reminded cool. of, you're reminded of the need to think about yeah. the Sabbath, to think about the effects of the Sabbath on your every day. And so you have the worship throughout the week yeah, and the good. Sabbath. Yeah, that's Come good, on. Israel.
0: You're still on the show. Okay, thank on. you. Appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's uh, not to take your point too lighthearted, but it is the fourth Commandment is, is often just thought of that one day. But there is a weekly, daily element component right. to that. Awesome. Let's go to the second second angel, verse 8. Babylon's fallen, fallen. that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. What, what's going on there, uh, Jared? G- give us a synopsis on the on second angel. Yeah.
3: So, so this is the second angel's warning about this broken system. Mm-hmm. And Israel's words are echoing in my mind where he talks about worship leading to righteousness. And I would say not all worship leads to righteousness because it, it, basically we become like that person. That we worship. Worship. Mm. So we only become righteous in that we worship the righteous one. Mm. So God calls out this, this fallen system that's not based on love. It's based on force. Mm-hmm. It's not based on freedom. It's based on manipulation. It's not based on on grace. It's based on what we can accomplish through our own best works. And God is acknowledging this is a system. He said, it's broken. You can look throughout the world and see the Babylonian systems of worship, whether that's you know, mm-hmm. worshiping alternative gods or deities or worshiping yeah. ourselves or whatever. And, and the, the fruits that, that that has produced, as opposed yeah. to worshiping Jesus in his righteousness and being transformed in his image. He says, this system is fallen. Mm-hmm. It's
0: broken.
2: And it's self-righteousness. This is a system of self-righteousness which crumbles. And the the thi-
0: thing—it's the perfection of the system of self-righteousness that yeah. developed over six thousand mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Right. Yep. And
2: so you have here the idea that man can save himself. Mm. You know, has has come to fruition, has come to has ripened. Mm. It has ripened individually in the lives of Cain and Abel. Right. In the life of Cain, of Cain. Mm-hmm. And it has now ripened through fruition through the system of the papacy. The idea that you can in some way, shape, or form as a human being provide salvation for yourself or for another human being. And that system, as, as great and as huge and as solid, though it's a great city, it says, it has fallen, has fallen, certainty, with certainty has fallen, it will collapse. So if we could zoom
0: out. So back in heaven, Lucifer said, I want to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God says, no. And Satan says, well, what's so wrong with that? And so God allows 6,000 years of Earth's history Mm -hmm. to pan out. And for all the angels and all the Klingons and Ewoks and all the Martians (laughs) and all the, the, the different worlds out there to see like, oh... This is why it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And at the end, a choice is given. This is the third angel. If anyone worships this system in its image, and it's, it's all its puppets and whatnot. And this is the third angel. It's, it's a very harsh kind of there's language to it. Mm-hmm. But this is the urgency out of love. He's showing the danger of this system. How many of you want to make a commitment to fear God and give Him the glory and to keep the Seventh-day Sabbath, the Fourth Commandment, and to make your lives in alignment with God's plan to save the universe? That's my prayer. That's our prayer. Hopefully that's yours. See you next week here in Inverse.
1: You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Daco, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.